good morning, Carpenter's Way. I'm going to need you to get up on your feet. You can't sing this song sitting down. It's a known fact. It's impossible to sing this song sitting down, so. <laughs> there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. The love of the Spirit of life has redeemed us. Death into life now we walk in his freedom. We are the children of God. No condemnation. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. The law of the Spirit of life has redeemed us. Death into life now we walk in his freedom. We are the children of God.
alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin. Lost with no hope, no place to be. Your love made a way to let mercy come in. When death was arrested, my life began. Ash was redeemed, only beauty remained. My orphan heart was given away. My morning grew quiet and my feet rose to When death was arrested, my life began. Oh, your grace, so I'm a prisoner no more. My name was a ransom, he paid for the poor. He canceled my debt and he called me his
for the reading of scripture this morning. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Lord, I come and I confess, bowing here, I find no rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need Sin runs deep, your grace is more. The grace is found, is where you are, and where you are. Lord, I am free, and holiness is Christ in me. Lord, I need you. to rise to you when temptation comes my way when I cannot stand I fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay so teach my soul to rise to you when temptation comes my way when I cannot stand I'll fall on you 
Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Let go of me. 
let go. Sing and through the storm, the fear of today, tomorrow, Lord, we know that your word is very clear, Lord, that you never let us go, that you hold us in your hands, and you've got this. So, God, we rest in that this morning. We ask, Lord, that you would continue to let us rest in that, Lord, that you've done everything that needs to be done. And, God, that we can rest in your goodness, and we can work in your goodness. We can go out and tell people of your goodness. God, we ask, Lord, that you'd open up our hearts just to hear what you have to say this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Happy Protestant Reformation Day. What? Nobody knows what that is? Kind of a significant day for us. Uh, yeah, today is an interesting day because it is uh, Protestant Reformation Day and what most people call Halloween. And uh, I, I just, I kind of want to point out something to you this morning. Um, last time Pastor Mark let me out of the closet to preach, um, it was in the section of Acts where we were dealing with the seven sons of Sceva and spiritual, you know, warfare and casting out demons and prayer cloths. And I was like, I ain't scared, I got it. And then, today's Halloween and he's on vacation. 
I'm just saying, I'm seeing a pattern here, right? No. Um, thanks, for, thanks for being here this morning. Um, one of my little friends said, hey, I hear you're getting the pastor today. And I was like, no, I'm just dressing up like one for Halloween. So <laughs> I, I want to make a couple of announcements. We're going to jump in this morning. Uh, obviously, you probably noticed all the boxes uh, in our four years. We are right in the middle of Operation Christmas Child. And uh, so please be aware of that. And uh, there'll be opportunities for you to come and serve and volunteer. Uh, so just kind of be watching. We'll kind of be getting more information out to you as we get a little bit closer uh, to that. Uh, the other big thing this morning is on the table when you came in, uh, there were two things. Uh, it is about time for our annual business meeting. And uh, if you're new to Carpenter's Way and you've ever been to one of our annual business meetings, most of our members haven't either. So... Um, yeah, am I right? Am I right? Yeah. Um, business means at Carpenter's Way, if you grew up in a traditional <laughs> Baptist church, nothing like that. Um, it's a really great time. We come together, we kind of look at our budget, uh, and then we vote on a couple of things. But our budget for uh, the new year is out, and uh, please pick that up and kind of look through it. It's interesting this year, as so I've kind of rolled in fully into the executive pastor role. Uh, in the past, I was the guy asking for all the money, right? And um, now I'm the guy going wait, do we really need to spend that $10 over here? Because I'm pretty sure we can move it right. And so it's been a really weird year for me, kind of taking on a different role and like looking at our staff and going, why do you need that, right? So, um, but it's a, it's a great budget. Uh, our staff and Karen and Wendy and our finance team uh, have wor worked through it. And uh, so please pick that up and uh, have an opportunity to take a look at what we're looking at for next year. And also, uh, you'll see another piece of paper on there. It says second uh, 2021 annual business meeting. Uh, we listed our finance team nominees, mission investment team nominees, and elder nominee. Uh, so please take a look at that. And uh, once again, we ask that on the individuals who have been nominated, that if you have questions or concerns, that you bring that up to one of our elders prior to that meeting, because that meeting we will not discuss individuals, uh, but if you have questions about the budget, you can ask us ahead of time, and on the back, it'll tell you who to talk to, uh, which I thought it was kind of funny. Everybody has a line item, then at the end, they were like, ah, just ask Jeff, so <laughs> that'll be fun, but uh, so please do that, and uh, as we get ready for that, but this morning, I want to, um, I was actually kind of excited, Mark asked me to share a little bit this morning. Um, because we're, Halloween is an interesting, do you call it a holiday? Or, like I don't, you know, we don't get off from work, so I don't get it's a holiday, but whatever Halloween is, right? It's an interesting, interesting time uh, because there's some really interesting facts about Halloween that I thought I'd kind of share a little bit this morning, uh, so you're going to get a little history lesson. Um, but Halloween uh, is a very, for lack of better word, a very kind of spiritual time right? I mean, when you stop and you think about Halloween and its origins, it really goes back a long, long way. Um, back in uh, the Celtic times, there was a celebration that was called Samhain, and, and Samhain was an interesting thing because at that time, uh, the Celts believed that, that there was this kind of fuzziness between, like, the other world in the present world, right? They, it was kind of like, I kind of, kind of akin it to uh, like Ghostbusters, you know, where there's a certain time of year where the spirits can kind of pass back and forth or, uh, or stranger things uh, and things like that. Like it's, there was this weird time where they felt like this time of the year, 
that it was easier for the, the spirits who had died to come back into the present world. And so that's kind of the very foundation of Halloween. And when you look at all the traditions that are kind of happen with that today, um, we dress in costumes, and they dressed in costumes. But the reason they dressed in costumes is because they thought, well, if I disguise myself, the spirits who are angry with me won't be able to find me. Like, did anybody else think that was kind of weird? Like, the spirits are not going to know who I am because I'm wearing a mask, right? Didn't make sense. Um, they also lit bonfires, like, once again, to try to ward off evil spirits and, and trick-or-treats and things like that. It was like we're trying to appease these evil spirits because we don't want them to mess with us uh, because one time of the year they kind of cross over. And so that's kind of where Halloween comes from, right? And so today we kind of celebrate it uh, with, you know, we give candy out and we dress up in all these things. But there's really this spiritual overtone to what's happening this time. And, and, and there's this, this interesting idea that maybe seems a little far off to us, maybe seems a little ridiculous to us, but I think there's some real truth to this whole idea of this spiritual world, right? I mean, you understand that Scripture talks about this spiritual realm, and a lot of times we don't talk about it because it's kind of woo out there, and we don't want to mess with it, and we don't understand it. But, but I think this morning, um, I want to talk a little bit about this whole idea of this, this spiritual battle that every single one of us, particularly as God's kids, are in. Now, this morning, um, when I sent out the, um, the Bible study notes and description, I fully anticipated someone texting me back or emailing me back and saying, you spelled boogie wrong. <laughs> I got spell check. No, I did. I, I, go look it up. Like, there's about 20 different spell, set spellings of the word boogeyman, right? Like, it, it's, so, like, and just so you know, I had a mild panic attack. After I sent it, my wife said, I think you misspelled boogeyman. I was like, no, right? But, but the whole idea of the boogeyman, y'all know the boogeyman, right? Or what some of y'all thought you were coming to get the bogeyman. Um, I'm not fixing your golf swing this morning. Right? But the whole idea of the boogeyman. Y'all know who the boogeyman is, right? Anybody know who the boogeyman is? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all know how messed up the boogeyman is? Yeah. Like the whole point of the boogeyman was that people made it up to steer children into behaving well. Right? Like your parents ever threatened you with the boogeyman? Like, <laughs> listen, I remember, if you get out of bed, the boogeyman's going to get you, right? And then as a, you know, as a child, I had this dilemma, because it's like, man, if I get out the boogeyman, the, get out the bed, the boogeyman's going to get me. But if I stay in bed, I'm probably going to wet the bed. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm just like, I can either get in trouble for wet the bed, my mom's going to tear me up, or I get out the bed and... Use the bathroom and the boogeyman gets me. I just, I'm a loss, right? And so, like, I had this incredibly anxious childhood, right? I was just like, but yeah, I mean, this whole idea of the boogeyman, it's like, this, there's something going to get you, right? If you don't do the right things, the boogeyman's going to get you. Or, and listen, I'm, I was never, ever a big horror film person growing up. I just, it just wasn't my thing. Um, but the boogeyman was something that, for whatever reason, just stuck in my head, right? And so, for parents, if you use the boogeyman to, to get your kids to act right, you're probably going to be paying for therapy later, right? Because because we're all messed up, right? Like, and I can remember, like, this morning, the, the, the title of the message is How to Beat the Boogeyman. Um, and, and it's really pretty easy to beat the boogeyman, 
right? Because apparently the boogeyman can't deal with sheets, <laughs> right? Kevin, go ahead and put, this, put the graphic up, because this is the message. We're going to get out early. So um, you're safe from harm if you have every part of your body underneath the sheets and nothing's hanging over the edge. But if your hand or your leg is hanging over the edge, you're in trouble. So how do you beat the big man? Put everything under sheets and you're good, right? Because sheets have magical powers. I don't know, right? Yeah, it's so, like, the boogeyman is an interesting concept to me because for so many of us, man, it really kept us in bed. We wet the bed all the time, right? Like, it's this concept that just kind of has hung on. And it's really silly, and it's funny. My wife sent me the, the God is Bigger than the Boogeyman song last night. Chad, I'm a little disappointed we didn't go VeggieTales. But, like, listen, this whole idea of the Boogeyman, it seems so silly. But the reality is, there is this spiritual fight. There is this, these evil spirits that are seeking to manipulate and exert influence over us all the time. It's just the reality. And in Ephesians chapter 6, Starting in verse 10, it says this. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to stand and resist the enemy in the times of evil. Then after the battle, you will, you will still be standing firm. So stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Let's pray. God, thanks for, uh, thanks for this morning. Uh, and it was really fun kind of uh, looking at it and preparing for it. But God, this morning, the, the reality of the boogeyman is, is, is something we laugh at and as children, it scared us. But God, the truth is that there really is an enemy. And that enemy really wants to do everything he can to derail us and to take our eyes off of you. And so many of us in this room are struggling right now in this spiritual fight. And God, I pray this morning as we just open up your word a little bit, as we just kind of talk about some things, maybe laugh about some things, that you would remind us that you are absolutely big enough, that you are absolutely there. And in those times and moments when the enemy is firing darts at us, because you're right by our side, you've not left us. You're not turning your back on us. And I pray this morning that we'd really learn how to start beating the boogeyman. Because we all have to deal with it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the thing I want you to understand this morning, when we start talking about spiritual warfare Sometimes it can get really weird, and it can get really off track. But what I want you to understand this morning is that there is a real enemy, an absolutely real enemy. And we call it whatever you want to call it. But there's an enemy who comes after us, that tries to distract us, that tries 
to get our eyes and our hearts off of where they need to be. And it just happens, right? And it's, it's this moment where we have to decide what we're going to do. In First Peter 5, 8-9, it says to stay alert, to watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Now, there's a lot in that two verses. But the thing I want you to understand is that temptation is a part of life. It just happens. That every single one of us go through these moments where we're kind of put in situations that we have to decide, am I going to do what I know God would want me to do, or am I going to do what I want to do? Like, and I've been bumping around for a while on this earth, and I've been trying to walk with, with God for the majority of my life. And the reality is, I still face temptations. Because the enemy is real, and he's relentless. And a lot of us don't believe that there really is a spiritual battle going on. We just kind of bump around on earth, just kind of doing our thing. But I'm here to tell you that the enemy is very, very real. Very, very real. And I want you to get something, too, that he's very good at what he does. Very good at what he does. I mean, he is super smart. He knows how to get you. He knows how to just sow those little seeds to get you. It's interesting that First Peter says that, um, that he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for who he can devour. And it's interesting, because I don't think words are in the Bible by chance, right? I don't think, like, you know, because that verse would read completely different if it said, you know, the devil walks around like a clumsy giraffe looking for a leaf to eat, right? Or, or he, he walks around like a turtle looking for a leaf to eat. Turtles eat leaves, I guess. Like, or carrot, yeah. So, I mean, you kind of, you realize that that word means something, right? Or it could have been a mosquito that just irritates. But it means something, right? That he's a roaring lion roaming around looking who he can, for who he can devour. Interesting thing about lions is a lion's roar is incredibly intimidating, right? I've never been in the wild and heard a lion, but I've been in the zoo and heard a lion, and it wasn't good, right? Because it's like, oh, what's going on, right? Because it's incredibly intimidating. Like, you immediately know, I better run or at least be able, you know, run fast or at least run faster than the person that I'm next to or you're going to be in trouble, right? Because it's intimidating. And when you see a lion, man, they're just like, they're majestic. And you're just like, I can't mess with that, right? But a couple of interesting facts about lions is that they're very careful when they pick their prey. They're very methodical about it. They don't just jump on it. Right, they go through this process, and, and usually they find their target, and they're looking for an animal that, that has been separated from the herd because they don't want to mess with the herd. I, I can mess with this one here, but I'm not going to mess with the herd. And then they're also looking for those that are sickly, that, that are going to be easy to overtake. And, and they're also looking for the youngest 
of the group because they don't know anything. And, and even in that, the lion, when it, when it goes after its prey, it's thought through it, it's methodical. And man, when he jumps, boom, he jumps. And, and, and it's interesting to me um, that a lion is what's used in this illustration. Because think about it. When the enemy comes after us, when he gets ready to pounce on us, I think there's a lot of similarities you can draw from how lions choose their prey. The enemy is going to choose someone who's disconnected and just kind of out here on their own, right? The enemy is going to really attack, and at least for me, when I feel like the enemy comes after me the most is when I'm most vulnerable. When I'm emotionally struggling or spiritually struggling. And, and man, he comes after those who are young in the faith because they don't know any better. Like, you have a real enemy who's really smart, who really comes after us. And I say us because he comes after me just like he comes after you. We all face these same things. Listen, and his attacks usually start out very subtle. So subtle that we don't even realize what's going on. Like, he doesn't come with lights flashing and sirens and going, I'm going to get you, right? Because if he did, what would happen? We'd get out of the way. But he doesn't do that. And, and I was thinking this morning, um, like, this morning, like, I know you're sitting there, and, like, 300 of you are just like, oh, this, this, I've never heard anything this great. Like, you are the absolute greatest. And at the end of the service, you're going to come up here, the worship team's going to dump Gatorade on me, and y'all are going to pick me up, and y'all are going to carry me through the, through the worship center going, yeah, right? Just, oh, you're awesome, you're the greatest, who needs Pastor Mark, right? <laughs> That's for you, Mark. Uh, yeah. Like 300 of you are going to come up here and tell me it's the greatest thing that's ever happened, right? Three, I mean, y'all are going to come up and tell me it's the greatest thing? All right, good. Just making sure. Um, but here's what's going to happen. 300 of you are going to tell me how great I am and what, what this message is just going to transform your life because you know how to beat the boogeyman. I taught you to keep your arms and your legs inside the covers and you're good. But Pastor Adam is going to come up. Yeah, exactly. Jerk. Thank you. That was Chad. <laughs> yeah, there you back here, right? But Pastor Adam is going to come up and he's going to go, man, I was so disappointed this morning. Man, I brought my notepad. I thought you were going to help me fix my golf game because I thought it said bogey. He's going to be like, man, that's the worst mess I've ever heard in my life. And I'm going to be thinking, man, you better shut your mouth because I think I can kind of fire you, right? But what's going to happen is a week, two, three, four weeks down the road, the next time God asks me to do something, you know what's going to come back in mind? Not the 300 of you who are going to carry me out of here later on your shoulders because it's the greatest message ever. It's going to be that, that one little thing that the jerk Adam <laughs> said to me, right? It's going to be that one thing that, man, my brain just connects to, and that's the thing that in the middle of when I'm trying to do what God wants me to do, that's what's going to come up. It's not going to be how great I am. It's going to be that, 
Man, that was the worst message ever. I would tell you that's the enemy. And for some of you, you struggle so much because of one little thing, a word, a phrase, or something someone did to you. Because that takes a hold in your mind. And the enemy will use that to cripple you and to get you off task. It happens to me all the time. It just does. And that's when the doubts start coming in. Well, man, could God really use me? I mean, can I really do that? Or the next time that Pastor Mark says, hey, man, I'm going to be out, would you preach? I'm going to be like, ah, you know, I'm, I, I don't know. Or fear creeps in, and it, it keeps me, it cripples me from doing what God wants me to do. Or insecurity creeps in. All these things start creeping in. And the enemy uses all those things. But here's the reality. If you're a child of God, and this is the next point, but I'll get to it now. He can chase you and he can mess with you, but he can't get you. Because if I'm God's kid, I'm God's kid. And one of the things I've kind of learned in life is that when God calls me to do something, God's going to equip me to do what he calls me to do. He's going to give me what I need to accomplish the task. Because oftentimes I feel like God's asked me to do things, I'm just like, oh, I'm not sure about that one. But man, the enemy comes in, and he's smart, and he's subtle, and so many of us, myself included, we get distracted, we get sidelined. Because of just these little subtle things. I'm telling you, our enemy is incredibly smart. Because if I don't realize it's happening to me, I don't realize it's happening to me. And every one of us are in that battle. Second thing I want you to understand this morning um, is that the boogeyman, um, I just like saying that, um, he can mess with you, but he can't get you. If you're God's kid. Like the enemy can mess with you. He absolutely can. But if you're God's kid, he can't get you. I mean, he can make things difficult, but he can't get you. That was the whole concept of the boogeyman that was always kind of freaky to me. I'm like, well, like if he can't get me through a sheet, then how powerful is he, right? But this whole idea that the enemy can get you, it's not true. Listen to what it says in Romans. Chapter 8, verse 38. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for the day or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Listen, as a child of God, the enemy can, 
can and he will mess with you. He will tempt you in areas that you're most vulnerable in. He will do everything that he can to get you to take your eyes off of God. But the one thing he cannot do is snatch you out of God's hands. He just can't. He's powerful and he's cunning and he ain't that powerful. So the good news is if you're a child of God, um, the enemy can come at you, he can tempt you, he can put things in life, he can make life, life chaotic around you but he can't change that relationship. He just can't. And for some of us, when we struggle with temptation, we beat ourselves down. Because, oh, I I should be past this by now. I, I shouldn't deal with this. I shouldn't. Why shouldn't you? We still live in a fallen world where there's a real enemy who's doing everything he can to trip you up. You're going to face temptation. You're going to face struggles. But God will never walk away from you as his child. Never. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14, it says this, and, and now you Gentiles have heard the truth, the good news that God saves you, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance that he promised and that he has purchased for us, that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we praise and glorify him. One of the other things I think sometimes we forget is not only can the enemy not snatch us out of God's hands, he doesn't control you. He doesn't. As a child of God who has the Holy Spirit living inside of me, according to Ephesians, I'm not controlled by the enemy. Because I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And that's an interesting concept. Because a lot of people say, well, you know, kind of the, the joke you say, well, the, the devil made me do it. No. Just, I, I'll be really honest and really clear with you. Like when I sin, it's because I choose to sin. Right? Like, I make a conscious choice to give in to the temptation. I do. Like, I've never, like, accidentally sinned. I, right? I, I, I haven't. Like, I, I, it's just not the reality. When I'm tempted, I have a choice to make. The enemy's not there forcing me to do anything. He's tempting me. He's throwing it out there. He's putting it in front of me. But at the end of the day, I choose what to do. See, for a lot of us, and, and I've dealt with this even with my own kids, when they struggle with temptation, just struggling with temptation just seems to defeat them. Because it's like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to deal with this. I shouldn't have to worry about this. I shouldn't have to go through that. And, and I just I look at my kids and go, I struggle all the time. I face temptation just like everybody faces it. Just so you know, being tempted is not a sin. It's just the reality. Choosing to give in to that temptation is a whole other story. So if you're here this morning and, and you're a follower of Jesus, of you, out of you, 
you have the ability, not because you're strong enough, not because you're smart enough, not because you have enough willpower, but you have the ability, because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, to deal with anything the enemy throws at you. Am I saying that's easy? Absolutely not. But it's the truth. Like, I can honestly think when, when I'm being tempted with something, like, I have a process I go through. I really do. It's like, man, I know that's not the right thing to do. Do I want to honor God with my life? Or I don't want to do what I want to do. I mean, I really think that. And, and I hope as I've walked with God a little bit longer that I tend to want to honor God with my life. And maybe I don't give in to temptation as much as I used to. But the temptation doesn't go away. At all. But I have the ability through the Holy Spirit inside of me to deal with it. In 1 Corinthians, um, it says that if you think that you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptation in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. He'll show you a way out. Listen, there's always an out. It's not always easy, but there's always an out. Don't let the enemy trap you into thinking that I've got you and you have to do what I'm telling you to do. That's not true for a child of God. It's a choice. I, I like what it says in that last part of 13. When you're tempted, he'll show you a way out. He will. I mean, I was thinking back just on the struggles that, like, I've gone through recently. In, in, in all honesty, like, there was always a way out of it. There was always a way to choose the right way. Because he's not, the enemy can't force you to do anything. Once again, not because you're good enough, you're smart enough, you figure it out, because you have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And kind of in my life, as I've struggled through things, I've kind of realized that the things I've struggled through aren't any bigger than raising somebody from the dead. And if the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, as according to Ephesians, it says, then that Holy Spirit can give me everything that I need to overcome whatever I'm facing, whether it's a temptation, whether it's struggles, whether it's whatever. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, who if I would just trust, I'm going to figure a way out. So at this point, I don't want you to walk out of here thinking that, man, I can't get out of this or I can't deal with this. You can. If you trust him. Last thing. Now I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you how to beat the boogeyman. <laughs> it is really simple, but it's incredibly hard. 
Go ahead and put those verses up. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Do that for a second. Because that's the key. Go back. Yeah. Be strong in the Lord and in whose mighty power? Yours? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk later. Yeah. No, but see, the problem is, the problem is that's what most of us think. It really is. We think we can figure it out. We think we can stand up to it. We think we can deal with it. We think we can handle whatever the world throws at us. And I'm telling you, I can't. I fail miserably when I do that. But so many of us, when we're facing struggles, when we're facing temptations, what do we do, man? We, we, we just, ugh, we bear down, right? My willpower, no, your willpower's not going to do anything. Because it's, to be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. It tells us to put on the armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities the unseen world, against the mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word, and pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Listen, the God who created you, who sent Jesus to redeem you, and the Holy Spirit to seal you, He's absolutely everything and more than we need. He's absolutely everything and more than we need to deal when life comes flying at us. He's absolutely more than we need when we're facing temptations. He's absolutely more than we need in any and every circumstance. He just is. I mean, you realize that he's a big God, right? Two of you? Great. That's that's awesome. I mean, you realize that he really is the creator of the universe. You really realize that he, he is everything. And that every promise that he's ever made, he will fulfill. He may not fulfill it as fast as I want him to, but he will fulfill every promise he's ever made, including when he says, when you're tempted, I'm going to give you a way out. So how do you beat the boogeyman, the devil, the roaring lion? You stop trying and you start trusting. You just stop trying. I can fight all I want to, but until I really stop and I step back, and whatever my circumstance or situation is, and just say, God, I, I tried. I can't do it. That's when he goes, yeah, I knew that. Just waiting for you to figure it out. 
because the battle's not mine, it's the Lord's. And the harder I try, the digger the hole. The, the deeper the hole gets that I'm digging, right? The harder I try to figure it out, the, the, the harder I try to... And listen, I'm a fixer. I, I try to fix things, and, and I like processes, and, and I'm... Uh, but I find when I do, it, do that with my life, I just make a bigger mess of it than it is originally. Until I just go, God, I can't do this. I, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust you in those great moments, and I'm going to trust you in those difficult moments. And I'm going to trust you when the enemy comes after me. I'm, just, I'm going to trust you that you really are who you say you are, that you really are everything that your word says. I'm just going to trust you. In James 4, it says, So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and you'll flee. That's an interesting word to me, resist. Because I'm not going out looking for a fight with the devil, <laughs> right? My job is to humble myself before God and resist and just stand, not in my power, not in my strength, but in His. Because that's when it says the enemy is going to flee. It's not because you outsmart him, because you're not going to. Not because you're stronger than him, because you're not. But it's when you submit yourself to God and humble yourself and let God do what God does. So when the enemy throws temptation at you, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. When we face circumstances that you didn't create nor can you control, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. And don't ever forget, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And I'm just telling you, that's enough. It's enough. In those moments of fear and doubt and insecurities, that's enough. In those moments when I feel like I can't deal with life, there's so much coming at me and I can't handle it, if you're God's kid and that Holy Spirit lives inside of you, it's enough. It just is. So as you go out and you, whether you partake in Protestant Reformation Day, um, <laughs> go nail some stuff on the door, look it up, it's really fascinating. Um, or you, you participate in um, All Hallows' Eve uh, and you pass out candy and you dress up, that's cool. But just remember that there really is an enemy who's going to come after you, to distract you, to trip you up, to do everything he can to get you to take your eyes off of God. And at moments, it's going to feel like you can't handle it. At moments, it's going to feel like, man, I've done everything, and I'm just throwing the towel in. But I'm telling you, according to God's word, when I surrender and I humble myself before him, he's everything that I need to get through whatever I'm walking through. It's his promise. And he fulfills his promises. Because he's a big God. And I promise you, whatever you're walking through right now, whatever you're struggling through right now, um, he's bigger than that. And I forget that sometimes. I do. 
when life gets so overwhelming, I forget that God's bigger than that. And I've got to be reminded to quit fighting and just look up and just start trusting. And I'm telling you, he's never failed me. In all honesty, I can say that now. I mean, I've been bumping around for a couple of years on this earth. And I really honestly can't think of one time that God's failed me. I failed him quite a bit, but he's always there, no matter what it is. He's always there. Even when I don't realize he's there, he's always there. So don't let the boogeyman get you. Keep, I, keep running. <laughs> you know, it's okay. You've got to use the restroom in the middle of the night. Get out of bed. He's not going to get you. But listen, just stop fighting. An enemy that in and of yourself you can't fight anyway. And start trusting the God who redeemed you. The one who loves you with an immeasurable love. Because he's big enough. Let's pray. God, thanks so much for God, the reality that uh, you're always, always there. And God, for those of us, I know there's a lot of people like me in this room who we always try to figure it out. We try to fight through it. We try to do everything we can in our own power. And we just end up frustrated. God, I pray in those moments that you would remind us just to give up and trust you. And that's hard for people like me who like to fix things. But I don't have the strength or the power to overcome whatever the enemy throws at me by myself. Even on my best days when my willpower is really, really great. God, I still need to trust you. Because God, in this room this morning, there's a lot of us who are struggling through a lot of things right now. There's a lot of us that are struggling through temptations that we keep giving into. There's some of us in this room who struggle even being tempted because we think that we're above that. God, I pray that you'd remind us that, man, sometimes on this earth, on this side, things are tough. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with us if we're being tempted. It just means that we're living in a fallen world with a real enemy who's coming after us. So this morning, God, I pray as we leave that, God, you'd remind us that you're there, that all we have to do is trust you. But all we have to do is put our eyes on you. You're going to fight the battles for us. God, we love you. And God, we, um, we're so grateful. <clears throat> we're so grateful that you sent the Holy Spirit to be our guide, to be our comfort, to help us in those moments of weakness and struggle. God, we're so grateful for that. Now, God, may we walk out of here this morning surrendering our hearts to you and just trusting. Because that's really the key, is just trusting. God, we love you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What time is it? Hey, look at there. It's early. <laughs> Y'all can come up and carry me out now, if you would like. I'm just... <laughs>